0: Welcome to Pursuing Truth. I'm your host, Barry Watkins. So you're Will from Delaware. Yeah, maybe uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself. What uh, you know, what you're into, what what kind of stuff you uh, you do for fun, and all of that, and uh, and maybe uh, you know some some things that also in, inspire you, or maybe make. Uh, gets your passion going
1: oh yeah well uh, uh the thing that gets my passion going um i think i could say is, is learning i've always been a learner yeah. an autodidact you know teaching myself i wasn't that good of a student in school
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: um but i feel like everything that i know <laughs> i learned after school you know, after yeah i'm um, just picking up a book and reading i'm interested sure. in this and this and this and this you know, um, too many things sometimes, I think. And it makes right. me wonder if I'm if I, um, ADD or something because I have so many interests, you know. So I'll look at this for a little bit, then I'll look at this for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've got some chickens. Uh, I just came in from outside um, um, uh, doing my daily chicken duty, uh, cleaning their coop and collecting eggs and feeding and watering the chickens. That's cool. Uh, I've got How many you have? keeps me busy. I've got How many 14 have? now.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. Good number. That's yeah. awesome.
1: started with, um, I think I had 20 at at one point and, um, you know, got a, some die, got a few more, some more die, got a few. Now when these ones are gone, uh, I think that's all I'm going to do. I love okay. them. They, they gave me a lot of enjoyment, but uh, it's time to hang it up.
2: I think.
0: Yeah, that's good. I got a, I got a friend that gives me eggs pretty often and, that uh... His problem is the foxes keep getting them. So,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, but, yeah. So uh, we're we're right up against some woods, and and we've seen a fox, and fox has gotten a couple of ours, but uh, haven't yeah. seen them this year. hasn't messed with our chickens this year.
0: Yeah, so that's good.
1: And we've had hawks and owls get them as well.
0: And now, are you getting this heat wave up there? Are you? How's your weather up there right now?
1: Oh yes. Now in July, I told you this. We lost our air conditioner. We were huh. down. It was down for almost the whole month of July. Okay.
0: And we got wow. that heat
1: in July. Since the end of July, you know, the, the temperature has moderated a, a little bit.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you survived now, it. Wow. Now it's
1: freaking crazy, isn't it? How hot things things are getting.
0: Oh yeah, man yeah so uh of course i'm in florida so we're like uh it's funny the weather will be like the temperature will be like 82 one day but feels like 104 you know it says mm-hmm. on the weather report i'm like the humidity mm-hmm. i guess is just killing it so you got yeah. that and then um remember but, but i've literally had some 104 degree days like uh after work i get in my car and in the um, parking lot that's the temperature is like 102 or 104 i'm like oh this is insane i've never seen it this yeah. hot but um uh, and yeah. it, it's been hot for a while right and we're getting this heat wave i guess all over the country so a little crazy my parents mm-hmm. uh air conditioner just broke too so they're hating oh, it yeah. but, uh, my brother had a little window unit i think he was going to bring over and help them out with that so
1: Oh the, yeah, we didn't even have a a, a a window unit. We had fans, and that just yeah. blows the hot air around. You know,
0: <laughs> it's like the old days, right? How the pioneers lived. That's a scary thought. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, okay, so you got your chickens, keep you busy, and then um, and then now uh, you have grown children, right? You have a one grown son. I think you said, or
1: I. Yes, I have one boy. He lives out in LA. He's a video editor for TV and for um uh, commercials and I think he's worked on a couple movies as well. Okay. So that's exciting to me. Um every now and then, you know, uh, he'll send me a screenshot of his name up on the up on the uh, credits, you know. So that's that's very cool. That is um, cool. So he's been doing that for I suppose about 10 years by now.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: But of course, he's uh, the industry is on strike the writers and the actors are on strike right now so so he's on the bum not making any money
0: okay you know? all
1: right and it's an interesting industry it it goes through cycles so he'll work for three months or six months or whatever till the project is over or till the the season is over or something and then he's on the bum you know for another um month or so before he picks something else up gotcha so yeah. um and I did sure. that a while back when I was working in computers and uh this was mm. back in the nineties, early nineties. And um it was it was all contract work back there. So I worked for three months, six months, a year, then I'd get laid off, mm. you know, when the contract ended. And then um uh, I'm working as much or I'm on the bum as much as I'm working, you know. Yeah. So, um it, it's it you can never count count on your next paycheck, you know, with a job like that yeah and of course no benefits and
0: um that's right
1: you know so that's another thing
0: yeah yeah I did a few stints of something like that too in the 90s it was it was kind of a thing back then I guess wasn't it yeah um yeah and uh yeah my brother does that now um in computer engineering so yeah so yeah let's uh let's talk a little bit about our backgrounds you know and uh uh, where we came from and and uh, you know the interesting thing. I'll just name off a couple things of, uh, you know, uh, we both I guess started off uh, Baptist, like I said, and then we kind of went into what charismatic Pentecostalism for a little you while. Eventually but... ended up there, yeah. Interesting, yeah. And then, um, and then uh, I guess doubts kind of uh, started at some point. Um, and I, I'll I'll just reiterate my story just for a second, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, how it relates, you know, is. Um, you know, so I I guess when I was in college, I really didn't uh, have doubts as much as I was just really um, interested in uh, learning more about apologetics at that time because I wanted to help reach skeptics, you know, because I, I, I had met some atheists and stuff, and I wanted to know how to reach these guys, you know, and I remember staying up with one guy one night, he was a, he was a brother of a friend of mine who didn't believe at all and and we're in the bible belt you know so it was weird but uh meeting somebody that was an atheist you know and uh we stayed up all night talking about it and i was (laughs) i had found a i had gotten a passage and i was you know i was passionate about the lord and everything in the bible and i found a passage where it said uh you know um faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god right um And so I'm like, listen, you know, I told him that faith comes by hearing. So let me just read you some of the Bible and then we'll, you know, maybe you'll start believing, you know, so I read him like the Sermon on the Mount, you know, it was just bizarre. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and he was just bored to death, you know, the guy, he was polite and everything, but, you know, he's just, it wasn't impacting him one bit. And I was like, really perplexed. I was like, wow, how is this guy not impacted, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so I got into apologetics and and uh trying to reach people well then that was kind of my Achilles heel I guess in a way because I uh I had a a, a desire to make it reasonable to make my faith you know logical and yeah. uh I started finding holes on my own and, and that kind of went downhill from there so I, so now I'm an atheist you know and I think it's from it's just from uh reading the bible too much and trying to learn too much you know it was kind of like whoops okay there's some problems here and it yeah so that's how my story kind of went and
1: yeah and and a lot of atheists will encourage people to to read the bible because thinking that that's going to turn them atheists, and a lot of times it does
2: yeah, yeah right
1: when you find those problems like you mentioned yeah. yeah 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 so my story is um is uh uh similar to yours uh, i was saved as a as a Uh, a a young teenager, I think in 1974, Um, you know, some people know the exact date and time and stuff, you know, I am pretty sure of the year, but that's as close as I can get, you know, Um, in a a Baptist uh, youth ministry uh, at a Christian ranch where I was living, Um, and from there progressed into um, um, other denominations, uh, quite different from the conservative fundamentalist upbringing that I had there, that I learned, I should say, there in the Baptist church. Um, eventually went to Bible college, wanted to be a, a pastor because so I came from a divorced family, and my dad was never long enough around, long enough to teach me any practical still skills. But I knew the Bible. It was my hobby, not just reading the Bible as a Christian, but studying it. And um, so that's all I knew. So I figured I'd be a pastor. Went to uh, a a Bible college in the Philadelphia area. And um, uh, just shortly after I graduated, I did some studying on my own. You know, when you're in Bible college, we have... uh, Um, more or less a a reading list, read from these sources, don't read from these sources, you know Uh, these are written by liberal Christians or these are written by atheists, non-believers, secular people, you know, so stay away from those, well, I wanted to strengthen my faith as well, I was into apologetics as well read a lot of apologetics books and um, wanted to learn it better Because I was so in love with the Bible, because that that was my hobby since I got saved in 74 or so, Um, you know, I I was real into um, the side issues, the uh, transmission, especially of the Bible. How do we get the Bible? Hmm. In Bible school, they taught us, well, um, it's inerrant it's something from from um it's it's god inspired god inspired the the writers to uh pick up a pen and write and i had to ask well what were they like in a trance or what and god spoke through them well no not exactly like that well was it like um god took control of their hand and and wrote well no not exactly like that there's no good answer you know
2: yeah
1: just that god inspired them so i wanted to learn this it on my own so i started reading things started reading from li- this list of things you know which was taboo mm. and um started learning some things yeah, yeah the uh uh 19th century german um scholarship stuff yeah you don't want any don't want to read any of that kind of stuff you there know? you go yeah um yeah so uh and then from there you know with stuff like uh bart ehrman and um uh some other things you know some other authors which was which was quite revealing, quite different from what I learned in Bible school. Okay, yeah. And the, the big thing, the big impetus to me losing my faith was, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, 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 "If the resurrection's not true, then we have nothing to stand on." You know, something like that. I used yeah. to I used to memor have all these verses memorized. It's been so long I, I don't even try to. You know, remember them anymore. But yes. if there's no resurrection, then our, our faith is in vain. So everything uh-huh. stands on the resurrection. But it occurred to me, well, wait a minute. If I can't trust the Bible, and that's where we read the, the resurrection, if I can't trust the Bible, how can I trust the resurrection? How can I trust anything in the Bible?
2: Yeah, you for know, real.
1: That was my reasoning. Yeah. And from there, things just started crumbling. You know, yeah. Brick by brick.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So the uh, as far as the um, inspiration of the Bible and wondering about that, you know, um, I thought of something the other day about this that I I remember thinking at one point I was like, because uh, I had entertained this was a few years back when I was still a Christian, right. And I had been entertaining some of the liberal thoughts about the Bible and about believing and I was like, well, wait a minute, because I had a I have a sister-in-law who is a, a preacher, a woman preacher, and she uh, she was very liberal, and uh, so it got me thinking sometimes about that. And and I was like, well, me being a conservative, I trusted that the Bible was going to teach me, you know, I trusted like word for word authority, right, of the Bible. And uh, mm-hmm. but at that point, I started thinking, well, wait a minute, I. As a charismatic Christian, I believed that I could hear from God. And so I thought, wait a minute, if I am hearing from God myself, do I trust God to talk to me personally more than I, or do I trust the God to talk to these old guys from a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago? Mm -hmm. What does it matter that they're still hearing the same Holy Spirit? So it became kind of a conflict for me. I was kind of a little confused about that. I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, us oh, yes. conservatives, we're always hanging our hats on the Bible and the, the inspire, inspiration from, you know, these these guys from 2000 years ago or more, but, you know, God supposedly can speak to any of us. So why why do we trust the Bible mm-hmm. more than I trust my own way of thinking? You know, <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah.
1: And, and, and I've got a story uh, like that as well in the, charismatic church of course there's there's all the uh the prophecies and so forth right right the woman who i married as my first wife she stood up one day in the church and said will is going to be my husband god told me we're going to get married now wow. we were dating already and stuff but i'm thinking well wait a minute <laughs> <God> <laughs> didn't tell me this You know, you would think God would have told me this as well, you know, so all kinds of bizarre stuff you hear in the charismatic church, you know, and we're told that it's, it's legit word of God, you know, speaking to us. Oh, yeah. Now, we eventually did marry, um, but not because of that prophecy.
0: That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty bold of her. huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And I think, oh, my God, no, don't (laughs) say this. Not in public. Tell me in private, maybe, but don't say it in public. Just embarrass me,
2: you know? Yeah. But, you
1: know, I think that if the uh, fundamentalist churches weren't so hardcore on on the infallibility of the Bible, I think there would be fewer atheists. You know, that's the reason I, I left. Sure. If they'd have told me that there are verses that you can take uh, figuratively and some that are more um, literal and so forth that you can, um, I I think that I, I wouldn't have been so easily um, turned away. You know, I'm the same way. I found out that it's more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they um, could, could soften that tact a little bit, Uh, but of course that's one of the fundamentals, you know, they're not gonna soften on that. Right. Uh, That's like the the um uh, that's the thing that makes fundamentalism. That's the thing they say. Oh yeah, right the in the
0: Bible. That's the big thing, yeah. Well, and and they had a good point, okay. I had a good fundamentalist friend preacher who explained some things to me one time, and it makes a whole lot of sense. He said, Okay, if God's all powerful and almighty and he wants to give you a message is that message going to be flawed isn't god able to preserve his word and you know so that was the argument for the infallibility of the bible you know but at the same time um i also was thinking about that about the liberal interpretation of things and how that might have been different for me you know um and and i i I haven't entertained it all that much, but a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, like Christopher Hitchens, you know, him. Uh, one of the things he said was uh, that, um, you know, if if you're going to take the Bible and then you start reinterpreting it as, OK, well, this might be literal, this might be figurative and we have to kind of interpret it and all of this. But it, it ends up being very moldable and changeable. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, what? you know you might as well throw the whole thing out at that point because you're you're basically you can change it any way you want to you know if if, if you're giving it a liberal interpretation and you count and proof is in the pudding you know the uh how many thousands of denominations we have out there that have interpreted the bible in different ways That it's like you can pretty much make the bible say anything you want it to say it's, yeah. you can take that bible and just kind of turn it around and and uh you have every kind of wild belief out there that, that's imaginable that people base on the Bible, isn't it crazy
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: it's it's a cafeteria style it's it's uh gelatinous melange of uh, um something you can can't nail down now, the Catholic Church, they had something going for them, they had central authority, you know they okay. had the Pope or have the Pope, you know, says this is what goes, you know, this is the deal. Uh, um, But Protestant Christianity is uh, very um, uh, democratic, meaning anybody can read it, anybody can interpret it, anybody has their own interpretation of it. Yeah. You know, which which makes it hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so you get denominations, all kinds of denominations.
0: Right. Yeah, well, and then um, you know, uh, and and so what? What is your latest thought on that? As far as liberal Christianity, what's your your take? Um,
1: um, like, um, I'm not sure what you're asking. Can you be more yeah. specific.
0: Well, is there any, anything about it that kind of intrigues you? Like, well, I wonder, you know, about this or that. You know, um, maybe this could be true. You know, have you ever pondered things like that and then kind of gone down that that road as far well, as taking a liberal view of the Bible?
1: Um, no, I see the Bible as um, a worthy book to be read because of its influence on uh, Western civilization. But I see it as another piece of ancient Near Eastern literature to be studied along with all the other ancient Near Eastern literature. Yeah. Um, we yeah. can get some things out of it. We can... Um, anyway, um, study just like any other ancient Near Eastern literature. And uh, But the problem is when... I don't care if it's conservative or liberal Christian, when we take the Bible as God's word or even something... Um, to base our daily living on yeah and i see that as a problem you know so um i don't i don't consider any any uh modern christian doctrines um because i see the bible as as a a book just like any other ancient writing you know yeah um
0: well i was thinking about that in terms of uh all the different religions too you know i kind of think about that um you know, there's thousands of gods, there's thousands of religions, or flavors of religion out there around the world. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they don't, they don't, none of them really capture me, because I see the the root of it is seems to be pretty much the same things, you know, it's pretty much uh, coming from human origins, you know, it's, you know, you look at the Hindu stories of gods and things like that. And, And they read very much like a fairy tale. I mean, you read it and it's kind of like, okay, it's a story. Yeah. It's kind of like, and then when I started reading things that way, at one point, I started looking at the Bible that way. I was like, wow, the Bible kind of reads that way too. You know, you look at, oh, in the garden, God's walking with, you know, Adam and Eve. And it sounds very just made up fairy tale. It's kind of like, what is the basis for any of this? There's really, it's a story, right? It's a Mm -hmm. series of stories you know, now with the Bible, you have an interesting thing of they did mix history in with it. So it's kind of like the history of Israel, the kings and all of that. A lot of that is, is, I think, true history, you know, from what I can see, Um, you know, they definitely at some point, you know, they're integrating real historical events in there. So that makes Mm -hmm. it a little different, you know, but all in all, I think, um, that's what I'm. I keep finding is that the religions of the world all kind of have a similar origin. You know, it sounds like, uh, and and none of them stand out as being okay. This this makes more sense than any other one. You know, when you really think about it, it's like why should I believe one over the other? Right? I don't really have a reason mm-hmm. to. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: What are your it, thoughts and on especially
1: that? as alt as, as ultimate truth? You know, who knows? Yeah. You know we've got all these different they all claim to have ultimate truth you know oh
2: yeah
1: now i know this much this much about any other religion that's why yeah if i talk about religion in any capacity it's about the christian religion because that's what i know i don't know anything about islam i don't know anything about the hindu um, uh, writings uh, e- except we're just little things that are here here right. and there you know yeah um but i agree that the the hindu writings a little bit that i that i've come across those are uh, they read like fairy tales like you said yeah and you know when i was going through bible school i was working a third shift job i was driving newspapers around so i'd show up in the wee hours of the morning at the newspaper plant load up my truck and then go, go make do, go do my route one of the guys there said so will do you really believe in things like Noah's Ark. Well, yeah, it's in the Bible, right? Of course, I do. Duh. Do you really believe things like Adam and Eve? I said, well, yeah. He says, really?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. And he was rather incredulous that I believed that, and it was it was an, a moment of embarrassment to me, really. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I I don't know that I I don't think I believed Adam and Eve. And I don't think I believe Noah's Ark either. Hmm. That's the company line, you know. If you're Christian, that's the company. What if I'd have said to him, "No, I don't believe those things." What am I going to say next when he says, "Well, why why do you follow Christianity at all?" You know, I didn't have an answer for that, and that's one of the reasons I went searching. I don't want to refer to my notes from college, you know, why um, I believe in the Bible. It's got to be here, and it's got to be here, know why you believe, uh, know what you believe and why you believe. So I wanted to search on my own, you know, and uh, that's one of the things that led me to um, reading outside outside of school you know, after I graduated. Now, I I never made it to seminary. Like I said, I wanted to be a, a pastor. I got through Bible college. I crammed four years of Bible college into five and a half years. Um, and never made it to seminary. And that's that's probably a good thing.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: But you know, I I don't. I'm I'm off topic now. This is not the question you asked me, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't see those five and a half years of Bible college as wasted time because I did learn a lot of things. One thing I learned critical reading. Hmm. So uh, that's one of the things that that um, uh, you learn when you're studying the bible so closely you know okay. critical uh, reading critical analysis and um i have pretty good writing skills too because of that because we wrote a ton of stuff okay so it was, uh, i'm rather good at the um uh at the the language arts but uh, anything else not not so much <laughs> uh, and i credit a lot of that to the bible study or to bible oh, yeah. college
0: oh yeah now uh that that's intriguing to me. The the critical thinking, um, or critical analysis, I guess. I, explain that to me. So when you're when you're analyzing something um, critically, maybe describe that for me from a conservative point of view, because that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, one of the things that we learned is dissecting a, a passage. So the, the passage uh, goes on reading, but um, you know how we used to diagram sentences in, in grammar class and english class i don't okay. know if they'd still do that yeah it was very helpful to me when i was going through school you right one,
2: the
0: one verb noun yeah
1: yes yeah very helpful to me and and it came rather easy we did that same kind of thing in bible college with bible passages so here's okay. a bible passage and, and you read it and and you notice uh structure and you notice mm. keywords um so for instance, it's saying blah, 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 therefore, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that therefore is like a fulcrum. The whole passage will mm-hmm. tilt on that, you know? So critical reading skills like that. So okay. we, we learned things like um, um, figures of, of speech in, in literature and, um, um, mm-hmm. and other things, but uh, it wasn't always from, from Bible college. It, it wasn't just from Bible college that I learned to think analytically. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just my, my nature. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it's good in, in, in grammar class and good at, at um, um, uh, diagramming diagramming sentences and, and so forth. Um, um, but I did learn some other things there as well, especially writing. Mm. We wrote so much there. Mm. Um, so every class, it was policy, every class had three term papers, or um, if the instructor opted, we could have 10, like one-page term papers, or one or two-page page term papers, but then every class also had to have a 10-page term paper. So every class were writing, 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 mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, in my poli-sci class there, uh, we had assignment, uh, this was back when George Sr. was in, George Bush Sr. Um, his thing was a uh, New World Order, right? Oh, yeah. Remember that back then. Uh-huh. Okay, so the poli sci teacher said, "Okay, your assignment is what is the New World Order." And so, when after we handed our papers in, he read some of the papers. Everything was real brainy and stuff. You know, everybody else's was real brainy. Mine, and he pointed mine out. He said, "I read this and this and this. Very heavy stuff, and I'm getting tired." And um, yada, yada, yada. And then I picked up Will's paper and I read it. What a breath of fresh air. What I wrote is, it's just a term. It's been used all throughout history and it means nothing.
2: Um, um, yeah. I
1: read Hitler used it and um, uh, Napoleon used it and Caesar used it and all this stuff. It's got to have a meaning, right? No, it means nothing. It's just rhetoric. You know? oh, wow. um and and i feel like i was able to, to see through all of that kind of stuff yeah uh, but critical thinking yeah it, it's so important you know we talk about apologetics you're into apologetics or were and and i was into apologetics i read evidence that demands a verdict from josh mcdowell way back yeah. when read it several times that's some heavy reading it's oh, very yeah. detailed are you familiar with the book?
2: oh yeah
1: yeah okay and um um read that and thought this is spot on i gotta memorize this book and yada 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 well i was talking to somebody on twitter not too long ago and we were talking about apologetics and stuff and he challenged me to read josh mcdowell again he challenged me to read josh mcdowell i said i did already yeah and it was convincing but I'm going to read it again and with this new mindset, see if it's any kind of convincing to me still. So I reread it recently and I'm thinking this, okay, that's a good point, but it means nothing. This good point, but it means nothing. So for instance, in that book, and tell me if I'm rambling too much, jump in with a question, but you know, he says, the Bible is unique. It's been written over 1,500 years uh, by 40 authors over 40 generations on three continents, three languages. It's unique in its survival. Nothing has survived as long. It's unique in its preservation. It's unique in yada yada yada. Right? Yeah. I recently reread Josh McDowell's book, and in there he says that uh, the Bible is is unique in all these different ways. Yeah. And uh, all that stuff is true. But every book is unique from every other book because right. one might say that the Bible's unique and it's got all these attributes, you know, um, doesn't mean it's the word of God still. Yeah. You know? Right. So that's one of the things that, that I realized uh, after rereading um, evidence that demands a
0: verdict. That's a little mind trick, right? It's a kind of a yeah, non sequitur yeah. series of arguments, but. You don't realize it's non-sequitur you think oh yeah that makes sense it sounds true
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it builds something in your mind mm-hmm. <laughs> it builds kind of a respect for the bible in a way oh yeah it's unique um i remember a, a, a another parallel of that that i learned um it was funny i was doing these tracks back in the day that you would share with people when you're oh when yes you're out i witnessing. did that too yeah and uh and there was these series of tracks that would answer any question basically you could pull it out of your pocket oh that comes up, you know, There, I have a track for that. We go through it with the person, right? And one of them was different religions and how do you know which one's right? And uh, it was talking about a tent. And it said, well, look, you know, this religion says this about God. You know, this religion says this. And they're all different and they're all pulling in opposite directions. But you pull that tent pole up in the middle and there's Christianity and it has all the right answers, you know. And uh, God's a triune God, you know, and all this. And every everything else pulls in different directions, but Christianity is unique. And uh, I, it didn't dawn on me at the time, but I thought about it, just like you're saying, every one of those religions is unique. Yeah. <laughs> if you take any other religion, put it in the middle and compare it to all the other religions, they're all going to be different because that's mm-hmm. why it's a unique religion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make it right.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you'll hear apologists say things like, "There's, there's, no, no other text from the ancient, um, in ancient literature that has as many extent copies, uh, manuscripts as the as the Bible." Right. Right now, we've got like what six thousand or so um, copies or or fragments of of the uh, New Testament in existence, and um, some of them the uh, closest one written to event of of the, the the life of Christ and resurrection is like 125 years after 100 years after or so oh. the n- next closest is homer's iliad which has um almost 650 pieces compared to 6000 and it's like um 4000 years after it was written wow okay there's a and you can say that to any piece of ancient near eastern literature but those don't claim to be the word of god right that's right yeah so it's 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 a point you're making but it means nothing
0: yeah you know it kind of in a way it kind of speaks to okay the early christians thought it was important to make copies of this and share it that's all it that's all it proves
1: yes that that book was popular
0: yeah exactly uh community yeah that's right
1: but if we've got so many manuscripts and if that's one of the points that you're making why was god so interested in preserving the manuscripts and not the originals
2: Hmm.
1: you know even if you could take all those manuscripts and come back to the original autograph you know uh, dice it all up and and um, figure out what the original autograph said. It still doesn't prove that it's the word of God.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but these are these are arguments that apologists and and other Christians make, um, and they sound legit and they sound impressive and stuff. But if you don't think about it critically, then yeah. um, you you're liable to swallow the hook, line, and sinker.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and do you think, so what do you think is a key? I'm thinking of a key as far as how to really go to the next level of that. Because for me, that's what I have to do is, okay, I have to take another step back to understand if something's true or not. So you have, for instance, you have all these claims of the resurrection and you have all these arguments about why the resurrection really happened, right? That was one of the, things james josh mcdowell talked about right sure and uh the thing that struck me about it or strikes me when i look at it i keep thinking about it um they're always bringing up so uh william lane craig has these same kind of arguments i don't know if you've heard him much Mm -hmm. but he he's he's a pretty popular apologist now and uh he goes around talking about these same things you know and it's like oh yeah you know it couldn't have been this it couldn't have been uh a mass you know maybe it was like a mass delusion that these people thought they saw jesus well you know they would kind of dismantle those arguments and say well yeah that's we there's never other histories about something like that happening all these people say they saw jesus they must have seen it you know and then it goes one by one arguments like that but then you take okay let's take one step back from that how do you even know that that story is true or is it just maybe that's just a story Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) you know
0: so for me when i take one step back further and say well wait a minute let's question the source of that you know that that's where i think it falls apart um you know so like uh the um the other one i was thinking of was um oh the, the story that the disciples, uh, early apostles, all died martyrs' deaths mm-hmm. and didn't deny Jesus to yeah. the death. Yeah. And it was like, would, oh, they were eyewitnesses, and if they didn't believe in what they were. die for a lie. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, well, are we really sure that those stories are actually true? Did, was it true that every one of them went to the death, not denying Jesus? Do we really know? How do we know? Yeah. You know, and so that that got me to question things when I thought that way.
1: There's a lot written on on the martyrdom of the disciples and other believers, um, but uh, a lot of those stories come from later tradition traditions after the fact. You know, years after, centuries, sometimes after uh, the time that it's supposed to uh, that it's reflecting. So, yeah. um, how do those people know several centuries later how these other people die if there's no records, and a lot of people who if there were a lot of Christians who died, um how many of that was how many of them died not because of their religious belief but because of political situations going on you know, for right. instance, when Nero supposedly um um, Burned Christians, you know, tarred them and put them up on sticks, and and used them as as uh, as lights out in his garden or whatever for his, for his party. Um, that was a political thing, not a a religious thing. So yeah. there's, there's just there's not enough documentation to to, <clears throat> to claim that. But like you said, a lot of people do anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it seems to me that. Um, you know it's all only secondhand. So the first Corinthians passage that where Paul says that uh, uh, James saw the resurrection and and or, or saw um, and Jesus after the resurrection and um, um, yada yada, yada and the five hundred saw him um, after the resurrection. that's that's second hand. The gospel stories are secondhand. Somebody who gets saved and says that their life changed is secondhand. It's all always only secondhand. And it seems to Mm. me that this is my argument. On one level, it doesn't make sense. Christians come back with, why are you so special? You know, things like that. But my argument is, why doesn't, why doesn't God just show Himself?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's mm-hmm. and then they'll say He has He showed me and yada yada and He's got the nature out there, you know, and, and that's that speaks to Well, no, He's got to speak to to um, um, people in a way that's going to capture them. Right? Um, it seems to me that it's, it's it's a legitimate question because the salvation of humanity is on the line and and jesus says that if you believe in me you got to hate your mother and your father and your family right those are some heavy terms right Right, so i want to be sure why can not i ask for more evidence Mm
2: -hmm. that yeah
1: it seems like a legitimate question to me but christians will come back and and say things like well aren't you special why should god appear to you only you know right especially right so
0: yeah um and, and then following up on that, so uh, the Bible actually, it's interesting how the Bible, the New Testament especially, um, kind of makes it a virtue to believe something that you haven't seen, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So when Thomas doubts and Jesus shows up, and uh, supposedly, mm-hmm. and Thomas feels the holes in his hands and the hole in his side, and he says, Oh, and then he says, "Thomas, you've believed because you've you've seen me." But he says, "Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe."
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: and it's us that that third party that's reading this, right, and that's directed at us. It's like, oh yeah, blessed are you. You haven't seen this, but you're still going to believe it. And That's a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why is that a good thing?
1: I <laughs> I don't know. I read that passage and I say, "You showed it to Thomas. What am I, chopped liver?" Prove <laughs> right? it to me.
0: Yeah. 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 He he's able, right? He could show well, up right now. If if, if he he's is, the almighty God.
1: If he is who Christians say he is and who the Bible says, yeah, nothing's impossible, right?
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's wild and it's kind of like it, it becomes though it becomes a moral lesson where somebody wants to say, You're you're prideful to want to think that way. You need mm-hmm. to be humble and just believe what you're told, you know, and um, I, I, I'm i with you. It's it's troubling to me um, that it's all secondhand. So like you go to church and um, I had that realization not too long ago. I think I talked about it on one of my uh, podcasts, but I went to to a funeral and uh, it was all about, um, you know, it was how everybody was glad that. My friend was gonna go to heaven and they know he's a Christian, you know, and and they're all happy about it, you know. But at the same time, I'm looking around, going, okay, all of this is man run. This this is a building built by people. This is a preacher who was taught by other people out of a book that's written by people, <laughs> and it's all based on something that somebody else told you, you know. And how do, you, how do you know any of it's true? You know, it's like, oh, can you feel God's presence in this room? Well, I used to believe you can. Yeah. Right? As a charismatic, it was like a big deal, yeah. you know. It was like, oh, I feel God's presence. But I, I like, I think, now, yeah, I, I, I think uh, it's emotion can account for that. You know, it's kind of like, okay, we're built up emotionally.
2: Sure.
0: At this funeral, everybody's very emotional. You know, they want to believe that. Our friend is not gone forever. Mm -hmm. We all want to believe that we'll see him again someday, right? And so there's a lot of emotion that drives our believing, I think.
1: Oh, yes. No doubt. Yeah. 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 But really,
0: the basis of it is there really any basis, you know, to, to really put your foundation down and say, yes, I know this has to be true.
2: Yeah. It's really
0: all, like you say, in a courtroom, it's hearsay evidence you know it's Uh like okay you can't really build a case on that yeah this guy said this this guy said this other thing yeah that's what we believe it's not real evidence
2: Uh (laughs) yeah
1: and then you've got the part where um nobody knows who these gospel writers are yeah paul wrote or there's 13 books ascribed to paul but we're pretty sure that he wrote what was it um, seven of them Okay. And the other ones, you know, this this is embarrassing. My my um favorite book used to be Ephesians. Mm. And then I learned Paul didn't even write Ephesians.
0: I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's one of the ones not ascribed to Paul. So wow. and Ephesians talks about truth and stuff, you know, a bunch oh, of yeah. other things, but truth. And here it isn't even written by Paul. You know, <laughs> the, the author isn't isn't the real author. You know, yeah, it's ascribed to it. It's not the real author. But um, you know, we don't know. We don't know who these authors were. They're ascribed yeah. to uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're ascribed to Paul, and so forth. It even says in Acts that Peter was unlearned. So, uh, what did he take a night course you know, to learn Greek, uh, so he could write First and Second Peter? Mm. Um, you know, so th- so there's that aspect of it as well. It just seems like he said so man made these days when you. Take a step back you're looking at it from a different perspective now when we're christians we don't see that yeah know, that it's man-made but when you step back away from that bias you know and um look at it more critically it's just so much of it is just you know i, I hate to speak so dogmatically about it but you seems so man-made all of it you know
2: yeah yeah
1: the doctrines that um, there's original sin, for instance, and so God had to bring his own son. Well, there's to die to sacrifice and stuff. Well, you know, all these doctrines are like just a, a mismatch in a, a, a Rube Goldberg contraption that'll fit all these little doctrinal pieces together, you know. Uh, force and puzzle pieces together you know children children who die under the age of whatever and haven't accepted christ you know they go to heaven why because it says in this verse or it says in that verse you know they're fitting stuff together there's no right. verse that says children under five or whatever go to heaven you know because yeah the age of accountability and, so, and all the doctrine is like that and um it's curious to me that um you know there were all these church councils: Council of Hippo, Council of uh, Carthage, Council of Trent, and uh, so forth, talking uh, that were um, put together to um, come up with a legitimate, authorized canon of the New Testament. Yeah, that stuff happened in the fourth century, but here in 325 A.D., the uh, Council of Nice. Nicene, where they came up with the Nicene Creed, they came up with the doctrine with who Christ is. How could you come up with doctrine before you know what the canon is?
0: Mm. Right, for sure.
1: Yeah, and and that just um, is something that I I realized recently. They came up with a lot of doctrine before they even had a canon. How do you do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you would think that the canon. Uh, di- uh, dictates the, the doctrine, but uh, I don't know. Not, not so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who are we and, to question, right? <laughs> yeah, trust
1: and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, right? You sang that in your Baptist church, I'm sure.
0: For sure. Yeah. 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 We didn't sing it so much in the Pentecostal or Charismatic church. Yeah. That was more of uh, uh, Are you washed in the blood? You know, yeah, <laughs> that and was a fun one. I love that. The, are you washed the, in the blood?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and the praise, the praise, um and worship songs is the ones that are supposed to get you in a in a certain mood. You know? Oh yeah. Where they get you all hyped up, and then they do a slow song, and you close your eyes, and you raise your hands and stuff, and you're in that you're in that zone and stuff. Like you were ta- saying earlier about the emotional aspect of it. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah the uh, emotional uh, manipulation is
2: yeah
0: is uh the biggest thing in the charismatic church i think right I
2: think and so, then you got
0: you got to do all that before you can get any miracles happening at the end of the service because then by then you're all prepped for it you know you're ready to believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if if uh, somebody you know wanted to get healed at the beginning i guess that's just not going to happen you got to have all the praise and worship first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you got to have a sermon you know that really gets you Feeling Mm -hmm. guilty and then... (laughs) Or whatever, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But, you know, sometimes I feel... I I feel bad putting down the church, putting down the Bible and stuff, because it's done a lot of good for for people. One of the big things is community, you know, of course. And um, some of the um, uh, altruistic things Christianity has done.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I won't deny... Anybody, belief in the Bible or in God or some higher power, if they need that,
2: mm-hmm. some
1: people don't need that, mm-hmm. uh, but some people absolutely need some kind of higher power. Go for it! I'll encourage them. Even you yeah. I knew somebody, uh, some a, a girl I worked with. She in the past had been um, addicted to a bunch of stuff was in a, a, a bunch of uh, hard times and, and, and drug abuse and, and all kinds of stuff. She had a whole bunch of tattoos on her arm. One of them, and this was after I realized um, I'm an atheist, but one of them was something about atheism or 666 or something like that. And I asked her, she said, oh, yes, I, I used to be an atheist. I said, oh, that's interesting. But what, what do you mean used to be? Well, um, I got into paganism after that and now i'm into whatever it was and so i had to question her so that seemed very curious to me because it's an atheist i'm an atheist for a certain reason because i don't see any truth in this i almost said value i don't see any truth in this um so why is it that you've gone on to these other things i would think once you're out you're not going to so easily go back into that stuff while she was into paganism and whatever else she was into uh because she said i really feel like i need it Hmm. because of all these uh substance abuse uh, episodes in her life and and so forth so Mm -hmm. i'm like fine do it whatever gets you through this life you know
0: yeah 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 i um i i do sympathize with that more than i used to um yeah. There was a time where I um only a couple of years ago that I was more like all pretty much anti-religion all the way. And um I'm still I'm still kind of lean that way because I think you know, ultimately it would be nice if we didn't have to have these, you know, uh false beliefs. And uh it does a lot of harm in the world, that's for sure. Uh, but the part what you're saying where uh you know it does can fill a need for somebody. Um, sure, There's a reason, you know, obviously there's a reason we developed religions all around the world and it's universal. Mm. Uh, it did f- fill needs for people and it still does obviously. But, um, you know, I, I do hope that someday we can understand it as, okay, this is mythology. Um, it may have its value as far as, um, talking about wisdom you know I, I thought about that about the bible you know does have a lot of wisdom that people pass down from one generation to another and and it, you know the book of proverbs is full of wisdom and all that you know um sure it has value um but i think can't we do all that without the mythology believing that it's real i mean i think we can you know yeah
1: and it goes back to what i was saying study it along with the other ancient near eastern literature you can yeah. get something out of all of that stuff, you know.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So
1: it'd be nice if we could dispense with the gods.
0: <laughs> I I certainly want to. Um, <laughs> I I think we definitely have a huge need to not scare our kids to death with like the belief in hell, for for instance. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be teaching that, you know, to anyone. Um, yeah. But that does keep you believing, you know. It kept me believing for a while, you know. The fear. Of, well, I don't know if I want to tread on this line of thinking because I could lose my salvation and
2: go mm-hmm. to hell or something. Yeah. Um,
0: so it does keep people captured, you know. But uh, uh,
1: One of the things that, that uh, um, kept me captured, speaking of that, is uh, it, it was n- not heaven. I was never moved by heaven, you know. It doesn't appeal really? to me. Okay. And um, I'm not sure that I was ever too afraid of hell either um but it was the the rapture and you know back in the in the 70s uh in the baptist church they were talking about the rapture all the time and you go outside and you see the sun streaming through the clouds and you see that beam coming down you know and yeah like, oh my god is is that the rapture and am i ready and am i going to go up you know that scared me okay what am I going to do here if I'm trapped on this earth for seven years of tribulation? You know, yeah, man, that was that was scary. Oh, yeah.
0: Big fear tactics, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember what was the movie about that way back then. It was uh, in the 70s, the
1: um, late Greek planet Earth.
0: Yeah, that was, was a good one. Book. Yeah, oh, remember yeah. That? Then there was A Thief in the Night, a Thief you in that? the Night.
1: Oh, yes, oh, yeah.
0: man, where the guy's uh, electric razor is running in the sink because he's disappeared. Mm-hmm. and his wife finds it she's like uh-oh yeah. <laughs> that scared me when i was a kid too yeah sure yeah and
1: in these days they have they have a, a series of what's it what's it called that they've got a whole series of those oh, movies. Yeah. left behind oh, left,
0: right. left behind yes that's another one yeah my parents are into that my parents are still believers
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh i don't think that'll ever change i uh you know, and uh, something you said a minute ago really reminded me of something um, about, uh, you know, some people just need to believe and we mm-hmm. can let them believe. You know, wh- one of the things uh, I heard recently, um, you remember that guy, uh, Bart Campolo? Have you heard of him? And he's yes. Tony Campolo's son. Oh, yes, yes. And he's a he's a atheist now. Um mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's a humanist, and I guess one of that's one of the things he just said recently on a, on a podcast, and it really got me to thinking about it. You know, he was talking about um, older older parents. You know, for instance, you know, and I think about my parents; they're in their eighties, and uh, you know, what is the point? You know, he was he was talking as a as a former believer, and you want to you want to share this with people. You want to help people understand the truth about the world, you know, and, and that all this religion is baloney. It'd be nice to actually help people believe this, but he says, what's the point with somebody that's near the end of their life? They believed all their lives. Mm -hmm. It, it's a comfort to them. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's just let them, let them believe, you know, that was his advice. It was interesting. And I had never really thought about that being the case like if i'm 80 something years old
1: i agree with that
0: yeah that that comfort may be something that would be awful hard to let go at that point and it would Mm be pointless right it would be like what's the point right
1: it it would border on being mean being mean i think
0: that's right yeah yeah and so uh, you know his advice that there uh, was really interesting you know to preserve that relationship is really helpful you know you want to Preserve that love relationship. But he, he suggested, you know, with that sort of situation, maybe just nudging them a little bit towards the idea that, well, do you really think, you know, in his case, he talked to his dad, who was a preacher. And he said, do you really think that I will go to hell? I mean, because of my lack of belief. And he kind of, uh, they had a lot of conversations about this, I guess. And he said that sometimes that's the conversation you might need to have that helps them to get to that place where they can accept, well, maybe not, you know, maybe God's bigger than that. You know, I don't know if, if you're going to go to hell. I, you know, that would be a nice thing to help them to let go of, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, I like that emphasis. It's kind of like, what what's important to this person? You know, what's important to this relationship at this time, you know?
1: Well, Tony Campolo, uh, uh, a name from back in the in the '70s and '80s, and another one is uh, um, uh, Francis um, Schaefer. He he did the LaBrie Francis Schaefer. yeah. well, his son uh, Frankie Schaefer. uh, He's he's a non-believer now as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some some good stuff, didn't he, Um, Frankie? Uh, has a recent couple of videos where he talks about abortion and he talks about his activism back in the seventies and um, bringing the abortion issue into more of a, oh yeah, as a Christian, you have to be against abortion. And before that, it wasn't really that way. It was kind of interesting. And so he he kind of regrets that now he's, he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I had a big influence him and his dad, I guess, had a big influence on people as far as moving conservative Christians in that direction. And now he's like, "Yeah, maybe that wasn't the right <laughs> thing to do." Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I I remember those Francis Schaeffer films. Yeah, our our church our ch- church showed those Francis Schaeffer films. And
0: um, listen, uh, I wondered if we could switch gears for a little bit, and uh, sure. maybe um, and if you agree. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about positivity in our lives. Like maybe since we gave up believing and how that's been a good thing for you, you know, it's, a. Mm I I think, um, sometimes as conservatives Christians, we were taught that, Oh, if you don't believe, then your life's going to be misery. You know, if you, you know, anybody that's not a believer is going to be just a total mess and, and, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these scare tactics i think to keep people from doubting was to say that oh yeah atheists just hate god and they're just bitter angry people and you know and all of this and um so i just wonder uh if you can kind of talk to some of that about your own life you know
1: oh yeah that's a good aspect to explore because that is a misconception or at least um um if not a misconception then then it's a a bullying point you know that we hear a lot of times from the from Christians. Um, but since um, since I realized I was an atheist, and that's how I say it, I don't say I became an atheist. I, I realized, you know, I'm an atheist. I woke up one day and realized I checked all these things, all these other beliefs off of my list of beliefs. And I guess I'm an atheist now, you know, mm. it's a process. But anyway, um, yeah, since that day that I realized that I admitted to myself yeah I'm an atheist my outlook in life has has changed a lot um, positively Uh, I feel like I love people more than I used to as a Christian Um, a lot of times won't say all the time but a lot of times Christianity and and I, I suppose other religions I can't speak on them but um it's it's an us versus them situation,
0: yeah, um that's right,
1: but I feel like um there's 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 groups that I'm naturally that I've naturally in the past have not liked for whatever reason, and um, it's easier to love those folks now, you know mm. but another thing that you hear from um, believers is that atheists have no purpose in life if there's no god if we think there's no god there's no purpose in life what Mm -hmm. are you living for and why are you doing good works where do those where does that come from there's no reason for you to do anything good well i wake up every day with no purpose in life i make my purpose you know every day as i go along that's Uh, right that's my purpose in life there is no cosmic end no cosmic path. There is no master plan for your life.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
1: Like we were told in the, in the conservative churches, um, in the Baptist church, and at the end of my life, I'm going to be food for worms. Well, what's <laughs> wrong with that? I get yeah. inspiration when I realize that I'm connected with every other living thing in this earth. And non-living thing you know the elements and in, in in the rocks are the same elements that are in our bodies and stuff and that is inspiring to me that's that's transcending to me that's a beautiful thing to me mm-hmm. um my wife yeah. still sees me as a a, <laughs> a broody negative person a lot of times because i complain a lot that's mm-hmm. just that's just me i tease her <laughs> that's Complaining is my love language, you
2: know. Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) Um, But I told her not too long ago, you would be amazed if you could get inside my head and just know who I really am, you know. So I've got a lot of joy in my life. I've, I admitted I was an atheist. I realized I was an atheist back in probably 2015. Again, I don't know the right date or, or even year, but around 2015, um and since then I can say this is the happiest I've ever been in, in my whole life.
2: Mm-hmm. Um yeah.
1: there's there's no cosmic goal I'm working to towards. There's no um um no um level I'm attaining to, you know, spiritual level or anything. And uh it's just a, a very freeing to me right now, yeah. it's a very freeing. Uh, time for me right i I think about my own mortality i I do think about that a lot more for whatever reason maybe because i'm getting older i'm 64 um but i think
0: congratulations you made it this far
1: (laughs) yes how about that (laughs) (laughs) um but i think one of these days this life as much as I see it and I love it, especially right now, these past few years, you know, uh-huh. it's going to be all over and that's fine. Like I said, I'm going to be food wor- with for worms and I'm okay with that. Um, and uh, my life is just going to be gone. All that's going to be left is the memories that I make right now with my loved ones and uh, the way I lead them and teach them into uh, um, um, towards uh, right thinking and, and, and so forth. And, it happens to everybody. You're gone. Yeah. And it happened. I have no idea what my life was like, or what life was like before I was born. You know, That's what right. What this world was like. It's going to be the same thing when the lights go out at the end of my life. Yeah. And it's not a big thing. What's grief is a big thing. So my wife will grieve, my boy will grieve, and and so forth. But um, yeah. um, death is not a not a
0: a, a bad thing. I agree with you a hundred percent, you know it's kind of like it's so much better um and the the ways you just mentioned are perfect, you know it's like uh the uh the thing about um your mortality uh now there there's um I'll admit there's there's some disappointment for me, right, uh especially at first, there was a big like letdown of wow, I can't live forever, I guess you know, and it's kind of a huge difference you know it's kind of like oh this is all the time i have now is a few years instead of forever you know that's a big difference oh yeah and um and and uh so i was depressed about that for a long time i take take a while maybe i take longer to process things than some people do but uh i've come around and and, uh now it's kind of funny because it's it's actually i i view it more as and I've heard other people say this, is that every every moment of my life now means so much more than what it did. You know, it's kind of like, okay, this is all I have. I, I really need to make the most of this time. You know, it's like this day, I can really appreciate every day kind of more than I did before. It's kind of a, a very funny psychological thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah. But, uh,
1: you know, even at, at work, I feel more cheerful at work and uh-huh. uh, i don't complain i go in there i do my work and stuff and uh, i think i'm a better worker for it you know
0: wow yeah like
1: you said we only have these few years left and who knows how long it's going to be um i think to myself you know if i won the lottery and i netted say 20 million dollars mm. i've got i'm 64 i've got maybe 20 years left in my life you know, could I even spend a million dollars a year for the next 20 years? I don't think I could, you know, right. um, but who knows how long it's going to be. Um, but it's like you said, it's not forever. Mm-hmm. So we got to, we got to make hay while the sun shines, right?
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the thing about relating to people differently, um, I, I identify with that too. Um, I think I, um, appreciate people where they are and who they are. I can appreciate someone right where they are. I don't have to think about, oh, I need to save this person. I need to help this person find Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. Or um I need to help this Christian get stronger in the Lord, you know. And and that was always my focus. It was always like every time I'd meet somebody, I would evaluate them spiritually. Yeah. And uh and it was all about that. It, and uh Boy, what a what a freeing thing to just accept people as they are and be like I can love this person like they are and I it's so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's real love. It's like I can love my neighbor for who they are. I can love my wife for all the good things she brings, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not about God. There's nothing, you know. Yeah. Yeah
1: whole different focus it's a whole
0: different world yeah it,
1: it's it's this out here your relationships out here not not with um some cosmic relationship who we can't even see mm-hmm. you know yeah we're just told about him
2: yeah
1: um yeah and that was a, a, quite an unexpected uh benefit uh for me or um, um dividend for me being able to care for people more as an atheist, yeah. I way wasn't expecting that. Yeah, because if you talk to Christians, I do a lot of Twitter, and um, um, sometimes people on there will, um, an atheist will, or not even an atheist, somebody will, will say, "Why are you an atheist? What turned you?" or something like that, you know. And whenever I see a question like that i read down through all of the responses make a point nobody ever says because they want to do more sin
2: Mm.
1: yet that's that's what we're told from the uh from believers a lot lot of times you just want to sin nobody on there says they hate god
2: Mm.
1: yet that's a response that we get from from believers a lot of the time you just hate god yeah um you know it, it's it's always because of the the reasons that i gave or because of um uh the, it just didn't ring true or or something you know
2: yeah
0: um yeah i love the uh you know you hate god thing you know and it's like i used to say that to people uh, as a believer but um now it's kind of like i turn it around and say yeah you don't you just don't you don't believe in Bigfoot because you just hate Bigfoot. I mean, you know, that makes sense, right? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Poor Bigfoot. He -hmm. gets a lot of hate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I don't know. Maybe he's more real than God is. Who knows? (laughs) You know, Jane Goodall believes in Bigfoot. Really? At least least thinks that it's very possible that there's a Bigfoot out there. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I was surprised at that, as you know, with scientific mind that she has, um, her to say that. And I had to realize, well, yeah, it, it's at least possible. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, um, I hadn't heard that. I'll have to look at that. That's cool.
1: I I don't think I believe it though. You know, <laughs> I have to I have to think about it some more. As much <laughs> as I, I admire Jane Goodall.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, one of the best arguments i heard about it recently was funny um it was objectively dan on the uh one of those atheist shows or whatever but he was saying that um this guy was like oh yeah there's this new discovery in china and uh there were these bamboo things that had scratches on them or whatever and uh they said it could it had to be a creature of a certain height but there was no other known species and it had and it fits the fits the description of Bigfoot and I was like okay is that the best you can do some scratches on some bamboo and it's like mm-hmm. really and you know the one footprint we had turned out to be a fake right the big oh, yeah. cast you know yeah. turned out the guy admitted all those years later that yeah I faked that you know and uh so it's kind of like, okay, and the, the, <laughs> the point uh, Dan made, I think, was really good. He said, hey, if there was a whole race of these things, don't you think we'd find some bones? Don't you think we'd find some – of all the searching that's been done, don't you think we'd find better evidence than just, like, scratches on bamboo or <laughs> or a fuzzy <laughs> picture of a guy that looks like he's in a monkey suit, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well." <laughs> If there was a whole civilization of, of these creatures, then uh, there's no way we wouldn't yeah. know they're out we, there.
0: If I think we detect them somehow, yeah.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> they would leave so much evidence. But then if there's only one, I don't think one there you survive, go. Right? All right. It's not yeah. just one. Maybe there's,
0: is, yeah, that... maybe there's a couple of them. Yeah. Maybe there's
1: <laughs> a couple of them.
2: Yeah.
0: But where's all the skeletons of all yeah. the, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah good stuff so you have you have any more positive points any more uh, thoughts about that um how about uh how about things now uh personally uh so in your family relationships and all has that been a challenge for you at all or
1: yeah it has my wife is a believer yeah and uh, she goes to church every sunday and uh, i'm sure she tithes 10 percent of our family wealth you know, sure. to the church. Right. But it's something that we don't talk about.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I really want to talk to her about the finance thing. Fine, go, but stop giving your tithe to the church. Right. Um. You, we're getting old. We're about to retire. You know, we're going to need that money. Well, we don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The most we talk about is I'll, I'll say some kind of snide remark about it, you know, and she doesn't want to hear it. um sometimes i'll have a a, a, an atheist podcast or something playing and she'll say can you turn that off or she'll go in the other room and put headphones on and listen to music or something you know and um so it is a little bit uncomfortable we don't talk about it Mm -hmm. just that no matter what it was you know we know there's it's the elephant in the room we don't talk about yeah Um, just that uh, makes it difficult
0: yeah um, that, that is difficult, isn't it? My, me and my wife are the sa- in the same position. Um, mm-hmm. fortunately, uh, she doesn't go to church every week. We've kind of gotten uh, in the habit of not going. And, uh, I love that. I love <laughs> sleeping in on Sunday mornings. You know, I love that. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the, um, I'm, I'm finding, uh, other, other relationships have been easier to kind of work through and and bring it up and be honest about it though my relationship with her is it is difficult because i think it's that closeness but also you know she cares so much Uh, in my case my uh, mary i think is worried about me she she worries about my soul you know so that's something i hope to improve you hope to figure it out
1: (laughs) i I don't know that my wife worries (laughs) worries about my soul i should say she she doesn't talk about that but she does say i wish you would go to church with me okay
2: yeah okay um
1: and uh, um i i think as husband and wife thing you know not as a a believer non-believer thing you know bring me to witness to me or anything i think as a husband and wife thing yeah she had a function last night a church function a fun and games kind of night and she wanted me to go with her she knew um she should only suggest it, you know, or mention it to me, and not uh, pester me about it, you know. Right. She knew I wasn't going to go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? but I wish we could do things like that too. But there's some, certain things about those situations I I way don't like.
2: Yeah,
1: you know? I don't yeah. want to put myself in those uh, situations. So,
0: what kind of church is it?
1: Uh, it's a non-denominational church. I wouldn't say it's charismatic, which a lot of charismatic churches are um um it's one of these new kind of um well i liken it to the elevation church in north carolina are you familiar with that
0: um where not they... too much but i think the, is the concept kind of is like a seeker friendly type church yeah. where it's it's kind of got all the yeah, the,
1: the pastor dresses down and doesn't mm-hmm, even yeah. use a pulpit uses a little table and, and stool right there and they have right. a live band you know and, yeah. uh very casual everybody goes in jeans you know right. very casual kind of thing. And good
0: upbeat music and all that right yeah, yeah, yeah
1: all that so and um
0: yeah our church is kind of like that that we go to it's a it's a methodist church but yeah. uh they've pretty much gone that way as far as the style and all so yeah there's yeah. a
1: Baptist church up the road that does that.
2: Okay.
0: I was
1: wanting to um go to church not with my wife it would be too much of a commitment but go to a neighborhood church just so I could stay in the bible you know keep it fresh in my mind so I could so I could argue about it that was the reason <laughs> you know um, and so I looked up this church online a Baptist church and they have their sermons online it's just like those those other New kind of churches, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is there is there any um, maybe parting thoughts uh, that we want to uh, touch on before we sign off? Any uh, parting thoughts?
2: Let me see. Yeah, you things you'd like thoughts?
0: to to tell the uh, listeners <laughs> before we quit. Um.
1: Well, you might be a Christian. You might be a non-believer. You might be seeking. My. Advice to you if you want advice from me is keep your mind open, look at both sides, and um, do some critical thinking
0: Mm -hmm. for
1: sure. Yeah, so that's that's the path that my life naturally took because that's 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 how I work, you know, and it might not fit for everybody, but um, (coughs) um, at least. You're welcome to, to look at both sides. So.
0: For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good good talking with you. Good to get to know you a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. This was good. This yeah. was
2: good.
1: Very and, good. And uh, for the, the listeners who are still with us, um, uh, the way we got together is I happened to find your podcast and listen to it, listen to the first three episodes where you tell your story and uh, saw that your story and my story are very parallel. Yeah, and um, so our, our friendship grew from there, and here I am on your podcast. So, so uh, that was that was interesting.
0: I love it. Yeah, yeah, and I love yeah. your interactions on Twitter. So, um, can I put your Twitter handle maybe in the in the description and?
2: People oh yeah, sure. Welcome you to way? do that. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. You're welcome to do that. Very good. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll be in touch, and uh, I'll uh, I'll let you know when this is getting published and all that. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Very fine. And I'll post that on my Twitter feed as well.
0: Nice. Well, thanks for doing this.
1: Yes, sir. It was a good time. Have a good day. All right, Barry. Bye-bye. All right.
0: We'll see you.